Hey everybody, welcome to the Extra Point. I am Raven X, and today I'm coming at you with a very special edition of the podcast. We have our 2022 NFL redraft. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm incredibly excited for the 2023 draft and excited to see what all is going to take place, what quarterbacks are going to go where, where my Baltimore Ravens are going to go at 22, even though I still think they're going to trade back. There's so many big storylines to follow this year, but this is also around the time of year we look back at last year's draft to decide what teams would do things differently if they were given the opportunity we do this every year you can head over to the export.net where you'll see where i've done uh redrafts for the past few years and see how they hold up honestly i haven't looked back at any of them recently i might have to do that after i record this one to see uh if i think that the redrafts would withstand another redraft if that made sense whatever anyway like i said now before as we start every show before we get started please be sure to check out the export.net i repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our youtube channel entitled the x report without further ado let's go ahead and get this kicked off with the first overall pick which is held by the jacksonville jaguars now as we all know they originally used this pick on edge rusher trayvon walker out of georgia in a redraft i have them selecting cornerback ahmad sauce gardner out of the university of cincinnati i mean i think it's pretty safe to say that Sauce Gardner had a terrific rookie year. I mean, after a really good college career at Cincinnati where he never allowed a touchdown, there were a lot of questions about, well, can he handle playing in the big leagues going up against all pros, especially in the AFC uh, East? And it's safe to say he did that. I mean, he won defensive rookie of the year and looked terrific against NFL competition. Um, he also led the league with 20 pass deflections and had 75 tackles. Both of those are more than any other Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback. It would have been a big boost to the 27th ranked defense in terms of passing yards allowed. I mean, I believe that it was either Sauce or someone else uh, had made mention that, I think it was back in November, that if the Jags had a do-over, Sauce would be the number one overall pick. And honestly, comparing his year to Trayvon Walker, I have to agree. Moving on to the second overall pick, uh, the Detroit Lions selected uh, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan, and I have them keeping that same thing. I mean, at the time, it just sounded too good to be true. He was a Michigan boy, attended the University of Michigan, and the Detroit Lions had a major need at edge rusher. Put the two together, and you have one of the better defensive rookie seasons that we've seen in a really long time. I mean, it's a perfect pick. Why mess it up? Uh, Hutchison ended up leading all rookies in sacks, as well as being second in for tackles and loss, and also had the second most picks with three, which is really interesting considering, again, he's a defensive lineman. Um, he embodies what the Lions have stressed about what they wanted in a player, and they got that in him. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for him and the squad. Moving on to the third overall pick, the Houston Texans were pulled a bit of a shock, selecting cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. And believe it or not, in my redraft, I have them picking uh, Sting again. Reason being, it's hard finding a good corner. And honestly, this past draft class had a few of them, but... Let's be honest. I think that it's hard enough to do it. Now, obviously, you could put Tariq Woolen here 
I mean, don't worry. He's going to be coming up shortly. But if I'm Houston, honestly, I think that they saw enough from Sting in those nine games that he played to show that he could really handle the NFL game. He didn't allow a touchdown. He had a sack at five pass breakups. And at the time, that was the most of any uh, cornerback on the team. And I think that with D'Amico Ryan's coming in, hindsight being 2020 I think that having him around and just seeing his pedigree is going to really help Bill because I think he's only going to get better and better or maybe it's just because I'm biased and I want to see my LSU guys go early that could play a part in it too but either way I have the Texans keeping staying at the third overall pick moving on the fourth overall pick uh, the New York Jets originally selected Sauce Gardner. As we all know, he's off the board with the first overall pick. So I have them going offensive tackle, Iki Aquanu out of North Carolina State. I mean, it has just been a roller coaster ride with fellow first overall pick, Makai Becton. Um, last year, I don't believe he played at all due to injuries and just trying to get his weight under control. Now it seems like he's starting to get better, but... This time last year, there was a lot of questions about it. And so if you can't get sauce, I say you add to that offensive line. Does it fix your quarterback situation? Not exactly, but it gives you some continuity that you can put on either the right side to play right beside Elijah Vera Tucker or put him on the left side and you can move Dwayne Brown to that right tackle position. Either way, I think it would have been a big insurance policy that the Jets could have used, particularly watching their offensive line play this past season. All right, at the fifth overall pick, the New York Giants originally selected edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, and I'm going to have them keep that same pick. I mean, there were a lot of questions coming in about whether or not his heart was really into football because he was, quote-unquote, too intelligent and was involved in a few other endeavors. Well, turns out his heart was in it, and if you don't believe me, just go back and watch his uh, game against the Washington Commanders at Sunday Night Football game. The man went crazy. I mean, he showed some flashes of greatness, had four sacks, six tackles for loss. He had the third most sacks on the team, which is very impressive considering, A, he's a rookie, and B, he's on a Dean, uh, he's on a Wink Martindale-led defense. You know how much they like to pressure. And so for him to be able to do that and still not even play the full 17-game slate, I'm excited to see what Kayvon would do in the future, and I think the Giants would gladly turn that card back in, give him the chance. All right, next up, we have the sixth overall pick with the Carolina Panthers. Originally, they selected Iki Aquanu out of North Carolina State. Well, he's gone, so I have them sticking at that same position, but taking uh, offensive tackle Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Um, they still need to fix their offensive line, particularly fix one of those bookend spots. Charles Cross was really solid in Seattle, and to be honest, Compared to the edge rushers he's going to be facing in the NFC South if he was there, it's much easier. I mean, you don't have to see Nick Bosa. You don't have to deal with Eric Armstrong whenever they decide to kick him on the outside. You don't have to deal with Aaron Donald, who is a beast. I mean, you get a little bit of a break. And J.J. Watt, who was with the Cardinals this past season. Comparing that to what he would see in the NFC South, sure, I'm sure he would have his bumps, his bruises, as every rookie does. But I still think that he would have been a really, really good pick for Charlotte. All right, go ahead and move on for the second top 10 pick for the New York Jets with the seventh overall they originally selected offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. This time around, I have them selecting wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Now, as improbable as it was for the Giants to make the playoffs this past season, it feels even crazier doing it that they did so without a notable wide receiver. No disrespect to Darius Slayton, no disrespect to Isaiah Hodgins, no disrespect to Richie James, but when you look at that receiver core, you're not thinking, this is a playoff caliber group, but what did they do? 
They not only made the playoffs, but they won a playoff game. Of course, you have to give credit to Daniel Jones. He had a big stride in Brian Dayball's first year. And then Saquon Barkley was actually healthy, and so we were able to see what he was able to do. But just imagine how much better the offense would have been had they had a clear number one wideout a la Garrett Wilson. I mean, he didn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year for nothing. And even though he might not have been my pick as a wide receiver, I mean, he's still a massive upgrade over what they had. Speaking of receivers, with the eight overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons originally took uh, Drake London out of USC. Given the chance, I say they do it again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's how you look at it with Drake London. I mean, the Falcons passing game left much to be desired between Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. But one thing was clear that Drake London could ball. I mean, looking at the stats, it was pretty far and away. He was the go-to guy. He led the team in catches by 32. He led the team in receiving yards by 333 yards and also had the most receiving touchdowns on the team. In a year that everybody was expecting him and Kyle Pitts to kind of be that A and B selection, it was looking a lot more like Batman and Robin. And that's okay. Uh, Ninth overall pick. The Seattle Seahawks, they miss out on Charles Cross. Well, they're going to make sure they don't miss out on their other uh, high-profile rookie, cornerback Tariq Woolen out of Texas San Antonio. Now, it's safe to say that he had a really strong argument for being defensive rookie of the year as well. I think that if he had one, I don't think there would be too many people who would be upset about that just because, I mean, hey, five interceptions talk, and he looked really good in coverage for the most part. That's a lot, especially considering the Seahawks have had a lot of struggles with their secondary since the vaunted days of the Legion of Boom. However, look at him now. He looks like he's a perfect fit for that defense, and given the chance, they make sure they bring him back because if they don't, believe me, somebody else would have. One of those teams could have been the 10th overall pick, which is the New York Jets back on the board. Originally, this is where Garrett Wilson went. Well, I have him them getting his college teammate, Chris Olave. A uh, big reason is he also went over a thousand yards and did so in a limited amount of games. He looked really, really good in New Orleans, and he really wasn't always the number one option. However, you put him in New York, I think that that I'm sorry, I think that he would be able to take on a bigger low, kind of similar to what Wilson did. And yes, the quarterback situation is not great, but Alave, as he showed, was a really good route running, very strong in the red zone. I think that would still allow him to put up big numbers in New York. All right, speaking of those Saints, they're up with the 11th overall pick um, after doing a trade with the Washington Commanders. They traded up to take Alave. Alave is off the board, but they still have a needed receiver. This is where I see wideout George Pickens out of Georgia going. He was a guy who there was talks in possibly coming in at the back end of the first round, maybe early second round, and he, he waited a bit longer than people anticipated, but it worked out because he landed in the laps of the Pittsburgh Steelers where he looked really really good. He brought that aggressiveness and that feistiness to that wide receiver group, something that they have been missing for a long time. And while he does seem like the personification of what a Steeler looks like, the New Lawrence Saints will gladly snatch him up so he could bring that energy to their wide receiver group and hopefully kind of give them more of a spark on offense as they try to make it back to the playoffs. All right, 12th overall pick. Originally, the Detroit Lions were on the clock. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings were on the clock, but they traded this pick to the Detroit Lions, who used it to select Jamison Williams out of Alabama. He didn't get to play much this past year as he was recovering from the ACL tear. So, given a new opportunity, 
I think they select defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Now, some of you may be thinking I'm a hypocrite because if you read my 2022 NFL draft review, which you absolutely should have if you're listening to this and if you're not, go be sure to check that out. But I did list Jordan Davis as a bit of a disappointment in his rookie year because of his lack of production. However, in Detroit, he doesn't have to worry about that because he's not sitting on the offense, I mean, on the defensive line behind the likes of Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave. He would get the clear starting opportunity. And just imagine a D-line with him and Aiden Hutchinson playing side-by-side. It's nasty. I mean, the Detroit Lions were a few plays away from actually making the playoffs themselves. I feel like with Jordan Davis, that would be able to help their defense that was notoriously bad, especially in coverage, provide a big man up the middle to stuff some runs, get some pressure as well up the gut. I think that the Detroit Lions could have had a very different season, or at least their defense could have played better as a whole had they gotten Jordan Davis. All right, 13th overall pick. Originally, this pick belonged to the Houston Texans, but they traded with the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is where they selected Jordan Davis. Well, this is where Trevon Walker goes. 12 12 picks ain't that bad. I mean, he's still making a good amount of money. You just can't say you're the first overall pick, and that's all right. Uh, When one Georgia door closes, another opens. I mean, Walker was, like I said, he was fine. He had three and a half sacks and five tackles for loss in his first year uh, in the teal and black. And though he still would have been a more of a situational pass rusher in Philly, I don't think he would immediately get the start. I mean, that's what he did in Georgia. And, I mean, his athleticism, his potential is what got him to be a first overall pick. So I think being able to learn behind guys like Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick could have worked wonders for him. And he could have had a pretty good year, maybe even eclipse the numbers that he actually picked up as a full-time starter in Jacksonville. The 14th overall pick, my Baltimore Ravens, selected safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. And honestly, I think they would do it again. I mean, it was a shock at the time for Kyle Hamilton to fall all the way to 14 in the real draft. And with him there again, if I'm Baltimore, I'm taking that same opportunity. Um, He split time between being a nickel corner as well as playing at safety just because, I mean, we already had Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark in tow. So we didn't exactly need him to come in and take over the reins. Now with Chuck Clark gone, this is his perfect opportunity to take over. But, I mean, even still as a rookie, he made some valuable plays, looked good as a tackler, especially because there were a couple questions about his physicality and kind of getting beat on routes in the preseason. So if I'm Baltimore, Baltimore, I mean, they're one of the few teams that truly value a safety and ensure that they're going to have good ones in tow. And Kyle Hamilton is shaping up to be a good one. All right, next at the 15th overall pick, we have the Houston Texans. Uh, making this selection here rather than the Philadelphia Eagles because of a trade. Originally, they they selected guard Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. I have them sticking at the position, but instead going Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Um, Basically, Johnson played nearly 300 more snaps and committed half the penalties that Green did. Green had 12, Johnson had 6, and committed one more sack. He had 5. Green had four. And, I mean, we'll get to the Chargers offensive line in a bit. But, overall, I just think that Zion, I liked him coming out more than Kenyon Green. And I think based on their play, um, it's safe to see why. I just feel like he was an overall cleaner player and I think a bit more consistent. And because of that, the Houston Texans could absolutely use that. Sure, their offense still wouldn't be great. But, I mean, I think their offensive line would have been a bit cleaner and Davis Mills wouldn't have got hit as much and they wouldn't have so many negative plays because you're taking away six more penalties that Kenyon Green created. All right, next up with the 16th overall pick, we have the Washington Commanders. Uh, This pick, obviously, 
belonged to the New Orleans Saints. Originally, they used why this to select wide receiver Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I have them changing gears and going offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. Don't get me wrong, Jahan Dotson was a very solid pick, but the commander's offensive line played bad for much of the year, committing 48 sacks. I mean, don't get me wrong, Evan Neal was not exactly great as a rookie, I believe. Off the top of my head, he had seven sacks in 14 games, something like that. It was tough for him in New York. However, um, the Washington Commanders really did have a hole at right tackle, and I think that even though, not saying he would come in and perfect their offensive line, of course he would still have his struggles, but I do think that looking back, offensive linemen seemed like a bigger deal than wide receiver at the time, especially because... Let's be honest. Their receiving core was still fine, and it still all ran through Jahan. I mean, through Terry McLaurin. But who am I? Uh, next up, 17th overall pick, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. Originally, they selected Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Now, this is where I see Kenyon Green going. Not too bad of a drop, just two picks. Um, injuries ravaged the Chargers' offensive line, so Green would at least provide some continuity, um, especially if they needed him to kick in and play tackle. It Obviously, it worked out with Jamari Salyer, but at the time, Kenyon Green could have made that transition if need be, even if it wasn't the rest of the season. He could have played a few uh, snaps there. But the 18th overall pick, this is the infamous Philadelphia Eagles-A.J. Brown trade. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, and to replace Brown, selected wide receiver Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. This might be a bit of a shock, but given the opportunity, I think they would do the same thing again. I mean, after trading away A.J. Brown, they had to get a wide receiver. And Traylon Burks on paper seemed like the most attractive one just because of his versatility. Sure, he didn't have like the prototypical wide receiver's numbers that you would like. Um, but he, like I said, he was able to do those trick plays and the versatility, the jet sweep, things like that to kind of take defenses off their game. And even though we didn't get to see much of that in his rookie year, I think that the Titans will still take that chance to give him more years to showcase what he can do. Will he be able to do it? We shall see. But I think, like I said, I think the Titans are kind of put themselves into a position they had to take a wide out. And at this point, the devil you know. All right, 19th overall pick, the New Orleans Saints are back on the board. Originally, they selected offensive tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Uh, it, with this redraft, this is where I see offensive tackle Tyler Smith from Tulsa going. Now, Tyler Smith committed a lot of penalties, but he was what the Cowboys needed when Tyron Smith missed most of the season with an injury. And then, plus, looking at the Saints, kind of a similar situation to the Titans. I mean, when they lost to Ron Armstead and free agency, it created a major hole for them at left tackle. We've seen Tyler Smith play that role and play it at a pretty solid rate. I just think it would be an easier transition, especially because Trevor Penning hardly played because of an injury. So, boom, Tyler Smith steps into that role. You go on with your life. 20th overall pick, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who originally took quarterback Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, and I see them doing it again. Spoiler alert, the only quarterback taken in the first round of last year's draft is, again, the only quarterback to get that distinction in this redraft. I'm so sorry to the Malik Willis fans and Matt Corral fans and Sam Howell fans. It's just absolutely not. He's They are not going to be first-round picks. Um, though his numbers wouldn't exactly suggest it, Kenny Pickett was solid under center for the Steelers and proved that 
he deserves to write to be the quarterback of the future or at least another couple of seasons to showcase what he can do as he progressively got better as the season went on. I think that if he can stay healthy, he can hold the job down for a long time. And literally in news as of technically yesterday, they brought in Allen Robinson to kind of fortify that wide receiving group. And so even though in this my draft well redraft they don't have george pickens i mean they still have a nice receiving group building up all right 21st overall pick the kansas city chiefs traded up with the new england patriots to select cornerback trent mcduffie out of washington now in this redraft I, they stay in the secondary but instead go safety jalen petrie out of baylor i know the texans sucked but when you saw five and red, white, and blue coming down the pipe, you just knew something was going to happen because Jalen Petrie was a bad, bad man. I know he wasn't in the defense of rookie of the year conversation, but I'd be lying if I said that there was another rookie whose numbers just kind of wowed me more than Jalen Petrie. Why, here's why I say that. He had 147 combined tackles. That was ninth in the league. Five picks tied for the second most in the league and tied for the most among rookies and tied for the team lead in pass deflections with eight. I mean, he was just all over the field. And after losing the Honey Badger and free agency, I mean, the Chiefs needed somebody like that in the back end. Justin Reed is fine, but just imagine a Jalen Petrie right beside him just kind of being the boom, the thunder to his lightning. It would have been crazy. I mean, it was crazy anyway because they won a Super Bowl, but still, I just, I, I, I shudder to think what a Jalen Petrie would look like on that defense. All right, with the 22nd overall pick, the Green Bay Packers originally selected linebacker Quay Walker out of Georgia. This time around, I have them not going in the direction, but not going with a stranger either. I I have them picking a wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. They end up selecting him in the second round. I think that in this redraft, they bucked the trend of avoiding wide receivers and take one in the first round. I mean, Christian Watson, when he got himself going and got – comfortable on the NFL level I mean he was pretty good I mean he had 611 uh, receiving yards which was fifth most among rookie wideouts and he tied for the most receiving touchdowns with seven I mean he just became a big play guy which is what he was billed to be coming out of college and he showed that with Green Bay I think you bring him back and you have that firecracker back on your offense all right with the 23rd overall pick this originally this is a little bit of a story. It would belong to the Arizona Cardinals, but after trading for wide receiver Hollywood Brown, the 23rd overall pick was sent to the Baltimore Ravens, who they sent to the Buffalo Bills. Got it? Good. With this pick, the Bills selected cornerback Kyrie Elam out of Florida. Give him the chance. I think they would pick him again. Reason being... Kyrie didn't have major responsibilities, especially because, I mean, everybody knows that Tredavious White is cornerback one in Buffalo. He, he just is. However, when Kyrie did come on the field, he played fairly well. And I think that in the future, he can wind up being a really nice number two to him. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at the Buffalo Bills, are not a team that have a crazy amount of needs. Maybe you could have set a running back here, maybe an offensive guard. But I think if you look at that secondary it, it makes sense to go Kyrie Elam as opposed to a different position. All right, at the 24th overall pick, the Dallas Cowboys originally selected offensive tackle Tyler Smith. 
Instead, with Tyler Smith off the board, I have them fixing their secondary by selecting safety Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. For those of you who listen to draft coverage leading up to last year's draft, you know how big of a fan of Jaquan Brisker I was. He was my favorite safety of the class. And he really helped show that I was I had good taste, or at least a little bit, with his rookie year in Chicago. I mean, in looking at the Cowboys secondary, it was it was definitely a weakness down the stretch, especially as their pass rush started to slow down. Um, shout out to Donovan Wilson though. He played solid enough to get a contract extension this summer. But just imagine how much better that group could have been, or at least their safeties could have been, if you replaced Malik Cooker with Jaquan Brisker. I think that it would be a very hard-hitting group and one that wouldn't have let a lot of plays get made in front of them. I mean, behind them, I'm sorry. Um, Jaquan Brisker, as we know, is a really good tackler, forced a good amount of fumbles. Donovan Wilson, as well, was really impactful um, when creating turnovers. I think you put those two together in the Dallas Cowboys. Who knows? Maybe they would have... No, they still want to beat the 49ers, but it would have been a better game. All right, 25th overall pick, the Baltimore Ravens are selecting here after their trade with the Buffalo Bills. Originally, they selected uh, center Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. Given the chance, I think they would do the same thing again. I mean... Coming into last offseason, a lot of people were saying wide receiver was the biggest problem. As a Baltimore fan, I saw pretty clearly it was the offensive line. What did Baltimore do? They invested heavily in improving their offensive line. Um, They paid Morgan Moses to play right tackle. He played fairly well. They drafted Daniel Falele. I believe that was in the third round. In pinch moments, he was fine, but still has room to grow. But to me, the biggest acquisition was getting Tyler Linderbaum. He was obviously the best center in the class, and he showed that. I mean, he was one of the best run blockers in the league, was a really good anchor for that offensive line, very consistent. And you need that on any offensive line, but especially one like the Baltimore Ravens that likes to run the ball so much, and you have a quarterback like Lamar, and you got to make sure he has time in the pocket so he can make those throws downfield. So, if you're Baltimore, you'd be happy to take Linderbaum again. All right, next up we have at the 26th overall pick, the New York Jets. Yes, they are back again. Um, Originally, this was going to be Titans pick? Whatever. Originally, they selected uh, edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State. Then instead, I have them getting cornerback Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Yes, they could have gotten a corner earlier, but I mean, you need a receiver, obviously. You help fix that offensive line. You got three first-round picks. You can be a bit patient, and that's what I believe that they did in getting Trey McDuffie. Um, sure, he's no sauce. It's fine. Nobody is. But McDuffie was not bad in coverage and made some pretty good plays despite not having any interceptions. Still had multiple pass deflection, looked good on one-on-one coverage. I think that, again, he's not as sexy as Sauce in terms of the playmaking ability and the length, but he's still a really solid prospect and would fit in well with that group um, of set corners that they have up there. All right, 27th overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars traded back into the first round, um, switching spots with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To, to select linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Don't get me wrong, I love me a linebacker. Middle linebacker is my favorite position in all of football. I hate that it's becoming a dying breed. With that being said, if I'm Jacksonville, I would not select Devin Lloyd again. Instead, I'm taking defensive end George Karloftis out of Purdue. There's a very strong argument that he should have been picked higher than this because his numbers were really, really good. 
But I think uh, like the reason why he slipped in real life is just because he doesn't have like a power move. He doesn't have like this is what makes him special. He does a bit of every. He's like a jack of all trades. He does everything pretty well, but he's a master of none. But it worked for him because I mean he had six sacks in his rookie year, and if he would have been on the Jacksonville Jaguars, he would have been second on the team in the category behind Josh Allen, who I think had like seven or seven and a half. I think if you're able to add him to that defense, I think that that pass rush would be a lot more formidable, even more formidable than what they got out of Trayvon Walker. And not to say I think that that would have propelled them like over the Chiefs in the playoffs, but I'll tell you this, I don't think they would have had as bad as a start because they start putting quarterbacks on their backs a lot more and getting off the field instead of just letting quarterbacks have their way with them. Our 28th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers are back on the board and we're just getting real nasty with the wide receivers. Originally, they selected defensive tackle Devon uh, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Forget that. Instead, they get wide receiver Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Like I said earlier, Christian Watson tied for the most receiving touchdowns for a rookie. Guess who we tied with? Jahan Dotson. Boom, there you go. Full circle. I think that you look at this Jahan, like I said, his numbers weren't spectacular, but I mean, he still had over 500 receiving yards, which ranked top eight among rookies. And now Aaron Rodgers has some new toys to play with. Now he has two solid wideouts on the outside to try to try to make something work with. Now, could the Packers make the playoffs with this receiving core? Probably, but I'll tell you this, I feel like it'd be a lot less confusion for both Aaron Rodgers last year and Jordan Love going forward. So if you're Green Bay, I think it would be great to make that move. Next up, the 29th overall pick. This is where the New England Patriots will be picking after trading with the Kansas City Chiefs. Originally, they selected guard Cole Strange out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. This time around, I got a running back going in the first round, and that is Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Again, this time last year, there was a lot of talks of Brees Hall cracking that first round because, I mean, he was just such an explosive and versatile player. I know at one point I had him mocked in the first, I think, to Buffalo. Maybe somewhere else, but I know I had him. I thought he was going to go first round. Ended up not happening. He ended up being a high second round pick for the New York Jets, and he was amazing. Prior to his ACL tear, he looked like the league's offensive rookie of the year. Now, shout out to the Patriots running backs of last year. Damian Harris isn't terrible, but I mean, he's gone now. Ramondre Stevenson is cool, but he's not as good as a pass catcher at the back end. So, if you're the Patriots, not only would you be able to add to your running back group, get the ball out of Mac Jones's hands by giving the ball to someone who's a bit more explosive and can make plays downfield, but also you get to make a division rival weaker. I mean, what's more fun than that? Next up, we have the 30th overall pick, the Kansas City Chiefs, who had originally selected defensive end George Karloftis out of Purdue. Well, he's off the board. They stay at the position. They get Sam Williams out of Ole Miss. Had it not been for some character issues, this could have really been where Sam Williams went. But instead, you know, he went to the Cowboys second round. Now, with the Chiefs and Karloftis off the board, he can take those four sacks and ten tackles for loss, which led all rookies, by the way, to the Chiefs rotation and provide them a nice 
edge rusher to kind of spell Frank Clark and then eventually take over the full-time role with Frank Clark gone. Our 31st overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals originally selected safety Daxton Hale out of Michigan. This time around, I have them getting offensive lineman Jamari Sellier out of Georgia. This past season, uh, Sellier threw on his captain save a team, Kate. When he stepped in for the Chargers, when left tackle Rashawn Slater went down with the torn ACL, and the sixth-round pick played very, very well and helped the Chargers' offensive line from collapsing. If anybody knows anything about bad offensive line pay, play, offensive line injuries it is the Cincinnati Bengals Lyle Collins is gone later in the season after suffering a knee injury Alex Kappa suffers an injury then Jonah Williams has suffered an injury not long term but still it was a lot going on you bring Jamari Sellier into the fold he can still help that offensive line out at least a little bit whether it be a guard or him kicking out a tackle primarily right tackle to spell Collins and even though again it's not going to totally fix the line because Joe still did get sacked 41 times despite all the money they spent. I still think that he would be a really, really good insurance policy and worth the pick this late in the first round. And last but certainly not least, we have the Minnesota Vikings, who it's still kind of dumb to me how they traded back 20 picks. That's neither here nor there. They got this pick from the Detroit Lions, switching that 12 for 32 swap. Originally selected safety Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Lewisine ended up not playing at all after suffering a knee injury prior to the start of the season, which was unfortunate. This time around, I think they stick in the secondary, but they select cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Simply put, why the Vikings secondary was terrible, as evidenced by the fact that they gave up the 31st most passing yards in the league. The only team that was worse was the Tennessee Titans, and it was not by that wide of a margin. By adding Kyler Gordon, not only are you made more formidable, but you get a really good solid two, potentially one, with the departure of Patrick Peterson. And let's be honest, I mean, he played pretty well for your division rivals the Chicago Bears had three picks six pass deflections and a forced fumble they could have desperately used that production on the back end defensively well that is my 2022 NFL redraft thank you guys so much for listening as always please sure check out the export.net I repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled the export again if you have not checked out that NFL draft review please go check that out. Let me know what you think. What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Same for this. If you agree or disagree with the pick that I, the new pick I made for your team, or if you used to want that old thing back and don't think that your rookie should have been replaced, feel free to let me know. I love opinions most of the time. I love, but it just shows that you all are listening, that you guys are reading, and that means the absolute world to me and Ethan and everybody else who joins the show. So, again, thank you guys so much if you made it this far. You're great. I appreciate you. And my final mock draft will be coming out sometime next week because, baby, right now I'm recording this at 1.25 a.m. on April 19th. We are nine days away from the draft. And I am so – actually, I lied to you. We're eight days away from the first night of the draft. And I am so, so excited. And I'm so excited to have you guys join us next time again. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you all later this week on the main episode of the pod. Y'all take care.